Harriet. Yeah? Do you realize how many good books we have here that we never even look at? I suppose. There's an awful lot of good reading in magazines, though, these days. Oh, sure, if you read the right magazines. Here's some worthwhile reading right here. The Solid Silver with Beauty That Lives Forever is International Sterling. The Solid Silver with Beauty That Lives Forever is International Sterling. From Hollywood, International Silver Company, creators of International Sterling, present the amusing transcribed adventures of Ozzie and Harriet, starring America's favorite young couple, Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Hilliard. Once upon a time, there were three bears. And once upon a time, there were four Nelsons. There still are, in fact. They live at 1847 Rogers Road. The Nelsons, that is. Their names are Ozzie, Harriet, David, and Ricky. At this very moment, Ozzie, the papa bear, of uh, Nelson, is rummaging through the big bookcase in the living room. Yes, sir, man is a confused animal. What did you say? Oh, uh, Harriet. I didn't hear you come into the room. Did the book salesman finally go? Yeah, he left a few pamphlets with me. He's a very interesting fellow, you know, alert. Alert to what? Oh, to the dangers of modern living and that kind of thing. We're moving awful fast, you know. Man is a confused animal. Doesn't know how to think anymore. How about women? Same thing. We rush through life missing half the best things. For instance, look at all the good books we have here, and I'm not even familiar with the titles of heaven. Here's one I haven't even seen before. What's that? This book. The Romance of Dirt. <laughs> Where did we get this? Came with a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> See, in the old days, people took time to reflect. They'd go out under a tree and think things over. They had more intellectual curiosity. Nowadays, as I said before, man is a confused animal. I thought the salesman said that. Well, he did, but it's very expressive. What kind of reading do we get these days? Look at the kids. Movies, comic books, radio, and now television. No wonder they're confused. Hi, Mom, Pop. Oh, hello, hello boys. How was the picture? Gee, it was swell. Especially when the old man got stabbed. Oh. <laughs> Ricky, get up off the floor. How about when the mother drinks the poison? Well, now, what kind of a picture was that? It was really swell. A lot of murders. Oh, wait a minute, boys. Look, I have no objection to you going to moving pictures. But can't you pick out something else beside this bloodthirsty junk? People getting murdered, taking poison. What the trash they write nowadays? What was the name of the picture, David? Uh, Hamlet. <laughs> well, as I say, I have no objection to you going to the movies, but I don't want you to lose sight of the fact that we have a lot of wonderful books here at home. Just as interesting as any movie. Every one of these books is a fascinating story of some sort. Get something out of every one. Uh, Harry, just pick any book out at random. Let me read a passage. Any book at all. Uh, here you are, dear. No, oh, thanks. 
Always empty dust bag after use. What? <laughs> Some days you just can't win. Hi, Thorny. Oh, hi, Oz. Well, you've been keeping yourself all day. Well, I've just been browsing through a few books, Oz. You know, we don't do enough of that these days. Well, that's exactly the way I feel, Thorny. This is a dangerous age we're living in. Not like the old days. Yeah, man had more intellectual curiosity in those days. He learned things for himself. But nowadays he's a... Uh, uh, confused animal. animal. Mm. He came to your house, too. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there's a lot in what he said, though, Thorny. Things are different now, especially for the kids. See, they don't get the good old-fashioned solid stuff that we used to read. You're right as rain, Oz. Gosh, Thorny, remember Moby Dick, David Copperfield, Ivanhoe, the poems of Byron, Keats, and Shelley? Delightful. Now, the kids don't know what that means nowadays. They're so busy with comic books and shows and radio and everything. See how well I remember lying in bed late at night with the light on under the covers, reading Treasure Island. Oh. <laughs> really, Oz? That was my favorite book. Really? The Rover Boys at Treasure Island. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. I don't mean the Rover Boys. I mean just plain Treasure Island. Oh? Anyway, the Rover Boys never went to Treasure Island. Oh, you're wrong, Oz. The father was lost there, remember? He was looking for a treasure. No, 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 Thorny. That was Uncle Randolph, and it wasn't Treasure Island. It was Africa. I remember they found a strange letter from the old sea captain. Now, wait a minute, Oz. You're all mixed up. Uncle Randolph was back in New York State putting the squeeze on Josiah Crabtree after the squabble about Sam Baxter. You mean Dan Baxter, the son of Arnold Baxter, the town scoundrel. Okay, but it was Arnold who gummed up the Treasure Island expedition. They never went to Treasure Island, Thorny. And even if they did, Arnold Baxter couldn't possibly have gummed it up. He was in jail at the time. Jail? Now, wait a minute. He got six months for trying to boil fun-loving Dick in hot tar. <laughs> fun-loving Dick. That shows how much you know, Oz. Sam. Sam was the fun-loving rover. Dick was the elder rover. Engaged to the widow Stanhope's beautiful daughter, Dora. Well, maybe you're right about that. But they never went to Treasure Island. It was Africa. Treasure Island. <laughs> Africa. Treasure Island. Africa. Africa. Uh, here's the juvenile section, Harriet. You sure they have the Rover Boys? Oh, yeah. I, I phoned the librarian. Under an assumed name, of course. Let's see. Standish. Stoddard. Where? Right up on the top shelf, see? Arthur M. Winfield. Gee, they've got them all. The Rover Boys on the river, in the mountains, on land and sea. At Treasure Island? Where? No, I'm only kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, I, I don't think I can reach up that far. You better get a stool. I'll, I'll be right back.
Now all you need is another book to climb up on that one. Yeah. Steady me now, will you? You got it? Yeah. Oh. Take a look at it while I take back this unabridged encyclopedia or whatever it is. Boy, this is heavy. Excuse me. Excuse me. Well, hello there, Mr. Nelson. Pardon? Oh, oh, yes. Uh, uh, you're Miss Kaiser, Ricky's mathematics teacher. No, no, I'm Miss Fraser, David's English teacher. <laughs> a pleasant surprise. It isn't often we meet one of the fathers at the library. Well, I, I just came down here to settle a little friendly discussion with my neighbor, Mr. Thornberry. Oh, about Sir Henry Parkinson? Sir Henry Parkinson? Yes, his history of the Peloponnesian Wars. The book you have there. Well, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I know you're just like the others. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> You're a little ashamed of yourself, aren't you? Well, I... I, I well, why should you be? Oh, you know how it is, Miss Fraser. Not uh, at all. If you have an honest intellectual curiosity, you should be proud of it, not ashamed. You're obviously interested in Greek history. Now, why not admit it? Oh, no, no, it's not exactly that. As I said, Mr. Thornberry and I had a little discussion. Uh, I came down here to do a little research. Of course. You wanted to brush up a little... Matter of fact, I have to admit I'm a wee bit rusty on the Peloponnesian Wars myself. How long since you've read it? Well, it's hard to say. <laughs> Bet you haven't opened it since college. Uh, probably longer than that. <laughs> well, the important thing is that you still have the interest. That's what true intellectual curiosity gives us, Mr. Nelson. The hungry mind. Ozzy, now that you... Oh, hello there. How are you, Miss Fraser? We're just fine, Mrs. Nelson. I was just complimenting your husband on his intellectual curiosity. Uh, uh, Harriet, I think we'd better be running along now. We have some errands to do. Well, fine. Do you want to take the book out, or are you finished? No, no I, I have it right here, you see. What? The, uh, uh, the, the, the Peloponnesian Wars. Uh, you know, the book Thorny and I were discussing, uh, Sir Henry Parker House. Parkinson. Oh, so, uh, 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 parking lot. Pi uh, par uh, well, goodbye, Miss Fraser. Goodbye, Miss Fraser. There's no doubt about it. Man is a confused animal. Hmm. Listen to this, Harriet. The causes of the Peloponnesian Wars are understandably complex. In that Potidaea, a Dorian town on the western promontory of Thrace was induced to revolt with the support of the Macedonian king Perdiccas, formerly an Athenian ally. Think of that. Yeah. What does it mean? I haven't the faintest idea. <laughs> Holy smokes, Pop. Where did you get that big book? Uh, at the library, David. It's a book on Greek history. That's the thickest book I've ever saw. Well, it covers a lot of territories. It's all about the Peloponnesian Wars. That must have been some fight, boy. Well, it includes a lot of the history of the times, of course. When are you going to start reading it? Oh, I don't know. There's no hurry. It's a 120-day book. Hello? Mr. Nelson? Yes? This is Miss Fraser. Oh, oh, hello, Miss Fraser. You know, I thought after I got home this afternoon, there was something I should have mentioned to you at the library, Mr. Nelson. You seem to have such an active interest in worthwhile things. Oh, well... <laughs> 
might like to appear on the panel with us. Well, I'd be delighted, Miss Fraser. Wonderful. What is it, Ivy? I'm going to talk about books for school. Yes, yes, Miss Fraser. That'll be just fine. Well, <laughs> it's not exactly my specialty, like uh, Sir Henry... Uh, yes, Thompson. I know. <laughs> That's why we had the subject changed. Uh, what was that? We are going to discuss the Peloponnesian Wars. Yeah. I don't think I got that last quite clearly. I said we're going to discuss the Peloponnesian Wars. When I told the committee you were especially interested in Greek history, they wouldn't hear of anything else. Uh, <laughs> Miss Fraser... I think this would be a good time to let you in on a little joke. Now, you can't get out of it. We're depending on you. With your vast knowledge of the subject, it's going to be an exciting evening. Especially when you chase me out of the auditorium. <laughs> oh, we won't feel bad if you outshine us. No, no, you don't understand. I understand that modesty must be overcome by firmness. We'll expect you at the school tomorrow night at 8.30. Goodbye, Mr. Nelson. What's the matter, dear? You look like you've been hit by a rock. Pardon me a minute. Where are you going? I think I'll go up to my room and have a good cry. <laughs> hey, what has Ozzie Nelson got himself into this time? Oh, I sure don't envy him standing up there in front of the PTA, giving a speech about the early Greeks and the Peloponnesian Wars. Gosh. Now, if they wanted a few words about the subject of international sterling, why, I'd be glad to contribute. I'd get right up and I'd say, did you know that the international sterling pattern of your choice, in the same substantial weight and the same superb quality, costs no more today than it did in 1944? Did you know that the prices of beautiful international sterling haven't gone up one penny in five years? And did you know you can save about $20 by getting eight-place settings in any one of several lovely international sterling patterns rather than some other sterling? That's eight-place settings, eight each of knives, forks, teaspoons, salad forks, soup spoons, and butter spreaders. And remember, this is international sterling, the loveliest solid silver in the world. So... See it tomorrow. It's the solid silver with beauty that lives forever. Famous international sterling. Well, it's only 26 hours until the showdown in the school library. The Nelson household is tense with expectancy as its hero marshals his forces to meet the challenge. The clock has just struck 6.30. I can read 50 pages an hour. And if the book is, say, 500 pages, it, it's finished in 10 hours. Uh, how many pages in the book? Can you see there? Uh, 3,296. <laughs> well, it, it's probably less than that if, if you don't count all the footnotes and if you uh, skip the descriptive passages and, and get right to the, the dialogue, you see. The second line read as fast as 75 pages an hour. That, that cuts it down. 75 into 3,290 is 1 and 4. Carry the 7. <laughs> Time out for dinner. 
does it figure out? According to these calculations, I'll be finished sometime next Wednesday. <laughs> the clock strikes eight. Ozzie's knowledge-hungry mind is eagerly devouring the text of the great book. How are you doing? Mm, oh, uh, not too bad, Harriet. Of course, it goes a little slowly at first until you get into it. It's strange there aren't more people interested in this type of thing. What do you mean? Well, I noticed the last time this book was borrowed was December 1910. <laughs> are you only on page eight? My goodness, the discussion is tomorrow night. How you doing, Pop? Uh, oh, uh, pretty good, David. I'm on page eight. You sure can read fast, Pop. Well, there's a lot of meat in this stuff once you get into the interesting part. Here, just listen to this. It reads almost like modern fiction. After Herodotus had resided for some seven or eight years in Samos, events occurred in his native city which induced him to return thither. The tyranny of... The tyranny of... The tyranny of... This fellow here... had gone from bad to worse, and at last he was expelled. See, now, stuff like that, you just can't put the book down. I can't even pick it up. <laughs> Still wonderful reading. Now, look right here. The city of Epidamus stands at the right of the entrance of the Ionic Gulf. I'll answer it, Mom. I'll go with you. Harry, where are you going? Wait for me. I don't want to hear any more either. <laughs> you might as well stay here. It won't hurt you to listen to some of this. The place is a colony from Corsera, founded by Phalius, the son of Eratoclides, who had been summoned for the purpose from the mother country. Pop? Yes? Isn't it time for me to go to bed? <laughs> You'll just listen carefully. You might find this very, very interesting. Careful. Out of the way, Ricky. <coughs> What's that? The man from the library brought this over in a jeep. What in the world is it? The History of the Peloponnesian Wars by Sir Henry Parkinson. Well, well that's the book I've got here. No, dear. You've just got volume one. This is volume two. <laughs> volume two? You shouldn't have tried to carry that by yourself, Harry. That's too heavy. Why didn't you let David help you? David? He's got his hands full with volumes three and four. <laughs> How you doing? Oh, uh, uh, pretty good. Oh, good for you. Page 27 already. Uh, yeah, but I got a lucky break. I just had 15 pages of maps. <laughs> So the Spartans sent to Athens no formal declaration of war, but rather sought to create some specious casus belli. Hmm. Harriet, would you mind answering the doorbelly? <laughs> Intending 
to inflame the existing hostilities against Pericles and Athens by implicating him in the curse pronounced on the murders of Cyclops. Oh, Thorny, what are you doing over here? Let it never be said old Thornberry didn't come prepared. We got to bone up, Oz. Burn the midnight oil. Where do I put him? What have you got there? What have I got? Great thing pulling me in on that discussion tomorrow night. It's going to be fun, though. There we are. I cleaned out the shelves down at the library. All eight of them. Eight of what? The Rover Boys. Rover Boys? Well, sure. Miss Fraser called and asked if I'd like to sit in. And she said the discussion was about the Rover Boys? Sure. Well. Excuse me, dear. Thorny, can you remember exactly what Miss Fraser said to you on the phone? Why, sure. She said Oz was conducting a discussion on the Rover Boys. She said I... Rover Boys? Let's see. Well, maybe she didn't exactly say Rover Boys, but she said the book I was discussing with Mr. Nelson this afternoon. Well, what else could it be? Thorny, uh, maybe you'd better sit down. What's the matter? Ozzy, you tell him. I'll go make some coffee. Thorny, old gray-headed friend. <laughs> have gray hairs. You will. <laughs> Thorny, what do you know about the Peloponnesian Wars? Oh, I have the layman's knowledge. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> What's that got to do with the Rover Boys? The discussion tomorrow night is about the Peloponnesian Wars. Oz, how can anybody say Peloponnesian into one phone and have it come out of the other phone, Rover Boys? <laughs> Calm down, Thorny. You're just getting panicky. All we have to do is read through these four fascinating volumes. Here's volume two. Just prop your feet up on volume three. satisfactory character of the Athenian Peloponnesian Coalition. Skim, Thorny. Forget the fine print. Oz, it's all fine print. <laughs> uh, what have you got there on Calacratidus? Cal Just a second. Oh, born in volume two, died in volume four. <laughs> Peloponnesian commanders encouraged their men after this fashion, gathering them. And at the fourth year of the war, of which Thucydides was the historian. Well, how's it going, fellas? No, uh, very nice. Oh, very interesting, yeah. Once you get into it, it's not bad. Moves right along if you push hard enough. <laughs> What's the matter, Harriet? I think you're a couple of phonies. Well, Harriet, how can you say a thing like that? Ask us anything reasonable about the Peloponnesian Wars, and we'll give you the answer like that. Okay. Who won? <laughs> uh, that's not a reasonable question. Well, she's got a point there, Oz. We better look it up. They might hit us with it tomorrow night. Wait a minute. Would you stand by for an important announcement? Like what? Miss Fraser phoned. The discussion's been called off. Called off? Oh, what a disappointment. Isn't that awful, Barney? Do you think if I coaxed hard enough, I could talk you into going to the Bijou? That's a very good picture. No, oh, I'll get my coat. Oz, Oz, think what you're doing. If we leave this room, we're deserters. Where's your intellectual curiosity? 
You don't want to go to the movies? You'd rather stay here? Well, of course I would. I happen to love literature. I have no desire to go to the Bijou tonight. It's a very good picture, Thorny. I know. I've seen it. <laughs> now, look at this wonderful reading material, Oz. Can you leave this? Think of the adventures that lie between these covers. Thorny's right, Harriet. I'm afraid my hunger for this good reading is a little stronger. Are you serious? Well, of course I am. Shall we begin, Thorny? We shall. You can read the Rover Boys on land and sea. I'll take the Rover Boys in the mountains. <laughs> Are you just coming to bed? Yes, Harry. Go back to sleep. What time is it? It's pretty late. Darn thorny. I couldn't get him to go home. Ozzie, look at the clock. It's a quarter to five. Darn clock with its luminous face. Ozzie, Nelson, the idea of reading the Rover Boys until almost five in the morning. Well, it wasn't my fault. I wanted to quit at four o'clock, but Thorny's such a big kid. Well, we settled the argument as to which one is the fun-loving Rover. Well, please tell me so I can go to sleep with a clear mind. Well, remember, Thorny said Sam was, and I said Dick was. Thorny was wrong. It was Tom. <laughs> okay, now that you please go to sleep. Well, who could that be? Hello? Hello, Oz. Thorny, what do you want? I'm having a little trouble. Would you put Harriet on? I want her to talk to my wife. <laughs> What's the matter, Thorny? I don't know, Oz. I keep telling her over and over. But somehow she just won't believe I was up all night with the Rover Boys. Ozzie and Harriet will be back in just a moment. Gosh... Let it be stated right here that I, Vern Smith, on the occasion of my next visit to the library, will have nothing whatsoever to do with Sir Henry Parkinson and his history of the Peloponnesian Wars. And that goes for the Rover Boys, too. Well, how about a Life magazine, Mr. Smith? Would you look at that? Well, I will if there's a picture of what I think there is in it. Like in this week's issue, International Sterling's Beautiful Wild Rose Pattern. Right? Right. And that's the silver for me. I knew it the minute I saw it. Oh, that's not surprising, either. Because there's something about International Sterling's wild rose pattern that seems to hold every bit of romance and enchantment. All the loveliness a girl has ever known. And even the picture will show you what an exquisitely created design wild rose is. Fragile, silken wild rose petals caught and held forever on a gleaming silver shaft. Wild rose is truly a bride's pattern with grace and delicacy in every line. I know. And I'm going to be a bride next week. Golly, what could be more perfect? Me with my very own international sterling in the wild rose pattern. That's the kind of a love story that never grows old. International sterling. It's just made for brides, for all women who want their homes to be homes of loveliness, of dignity and shining pride. And don't forget that international sterling patterns are still the same superb quality, the same substantial weight, and the same wonderful price as in 1944. That's why so many women choose it. International Sterling, the solid silver with beauty that lives forever. It's my pleasure at this time to introduce to you the West Coast editor of Radio Mirror Magazine, Miss Ann Daggett. 
Thank you. Radio Mirror Magazine has just completed a nationwide popularity poll of its readers. It is my privilege to present this scroll to the couple voted the best husband and wife team on the air. Congratulations, Ozzie and Harriet. in Hollywood and starring Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Hilliard. And remember, the solid silver with beauty that lives forever is International Sterling. Yes, Harriet, the solid silver with beauty that lives forever is International Sterling. Appearing in support of Ozzie and Harriet were David and Ricky Nelson, John Brown, Lois Corbett, and yours truly, Vern Smith. Original music was composed and conducted by Billy May. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company.